Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL 25 for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. I am your host with the most, Mr. Brian Tong up in here. Again, thank you to everyone who continues to listen and support the show. We're growing. We're getting bigger and stronger. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Tong. We'll talk about that later. But again, this show is all about y'all. 833-888-ABXL is the number to call. I'll slow it down. 833-888-2295. Call in. We've got a, another ton of calls, and I love it because you guys and gals are passionate. I can't play all of them. Some of them are better than others, and I just go with what's good. All right, so let's jump in the show. So much just literally dropped today, like a bomb of stuff, which I love because it gives us new stuff to talk about compared to earlier in the week. The official Apple invitation for their September event was just released today as of Thursday, as of this time of this recording. So Apple has invited media to the September 12th event, kind of what we were speculating. That is a Wednesday at Apple Park at their Steve Jobs Theater. That's on campus in Cupertino, California. It will be held at 10 a.m. Pacific time on September the 12th, or that is a 1 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to have a live show. I got something special cooking for you. We're going to do BTZ's live event with tons of cool stuff. I think you should watch it. It's better than anyone else's out there. Yes, everyone else's. And it's going to be fun. We're going to do it live. We're going to do it big. And it's going to be worth your time. So that is official. September 12th. The theme or the slogan, it's a black invitation background with a kind of copper gold looking ring that could be interpreted as either the top of Apple Park or the Steve Jobs Theater or a potential charging coil for wireless charging. It is a gold color. We're not going to get too into it, but it does say gather round. Round and round. Gather round, y'all. It's going down. But here's the big story that literally, so Apple put out their invite earlier in the morning, I think around 9 a.m., Then two stories dropped like bombs from 9 to 5 Mac. One of their exclusives, early in the week, it was debatable about what they were going to call the name of the new iPhones. Bloomberg has an in-depth report. We're going to cover some of that stuff in a bit. But ultimately, Bloomberg had reported that Apple was having problems naming the iPhones. Well, this new report says that the the name for the two OLED iPhones, the 5.8-inch and 6.5-inch, will be called the iPhone XS. Now, here's the thing. If you watched my video episode this week, that X is not an X, so you can't call it the XS. That's called the Tans. That's the iPhone Tans. Or I affectionately like to call it the iPhone Tennis. It's the US Open right now. Serena is on fire. Not to mention, I mean, it's the U.S. Open. Come on, I I grew up playing tennis as a kid. It's amazing. The iPhone tennis is what I'm going to call it. According to 9to5Mac, they are confirming that it will be the XS. They even posted pictures of the two gold-designed iPhones. They wrote underneath it, not a mock-up. So clearly, through leaks, through whatever channels, they were able to get official artwork of what we will most likely see on the website. What do y'all think about that? Is it predictable? Are you surprised there's no, it doesn't appear like there is a name for an iPhone XS Plus for the large one. Could you imagine actually, someone brought this up on my Twitter. Uh, I have an iPhone 
10s plus 10s plus 10s plus no one wants to say that but anyways that they can report with certainty the iphone 10s or xs or tennis will be the oled name very very interesting now let's kind of go back now that is that cat is out of the bag but talk about what bloomberg reported earlier this week i believe it was on monday they really dropped down their bomb of all the details they brought up a few other new nuggets we know again i don't want to repeat this ad nauseum but let's just kind of get through it three iphone models coming out in 2018 you guys and gals are all the people that are really deep into this a 5.8 inch oled a 6.1 inch lcd and a 6.5 inch oled According to 9 to 5 Mac, and they have confirmed the OLED models will be called iPhone 10s. Okay, so we have that away. We don't know what they're going to officially call the middle LCD model that is the cheaper one that looks kind of like the others and is what I like to call the iPhone 10. Let's call it the iPhone 10. I already ranted about it on my show and I already ranted about it last week, so you know how I feel about this, okay? The big thing here um, with the three different models, right? We have the OLED-based screen. They're all going to look around the same. This is really an S year for the iPhones. The big thing dubbed, uh, at least the big thing, at least with the OLED models is the 6.5 inch is expected, according to Bloomberg, to have the ability to do side-by-side software apps like Mail and Calendar. Think of a la the iPad Pro split-screen apps. It'll also be able to use the landscape mode when you use your phone. That was not available on the iPhone 10. So this iPhone 10s Plus or whatever, this 6.5-inch OLED phone, the at least one of the new software hooks specifically for that model will be side-by-side apps. We don't know exactly which ones they will be, but most likely Apple apps, the brow, you know, Safari, Mail, Calendar, Notes, things like that. Third-party apps, probably not as much. Also, the... New phones, right? The, we have the 5.8-inch OLED. The main change is really is going to be processing speed, the new featured A12 processor. That's going to really be, according to this report and Bloomberg's report across all three models. Also, not only will it be speed, but there will be camera improvements. That's one of the things we haven't really heard about the new iPhones, really the exact specific details of the camera's the megapixels, the optics, the new features that are going to bring. So that that at least will keep us on the edge of our seats, okay? We also know that, according to this report, Apple is planning dual SIM card slots specifically for the two larger phones. So that would be the 6.5-inch OLED and the 6.1-inch LCD. They don't know which specific regions and countries will feature them, but the big advantage here, it lets travelers... You know, when you're bouncing around different country to country, easily switch between the local carrier plans, you know, a new country or different coverage area. So that's going to be a big boost for them. The big thing here, though, right, we have the low range iPhone LCD based screen. It appears to have a single camera lens. They'll all have face ID. They'll all have Apple's new gesture based system that was implemented in the iPhone 10. This is really This is really an S year. Now, we talked about how Apple was having some trouble with the naming of this. And Bloomberg, before it was just confirmed by 9to5Mac, Bloomberg laid out an article like there have been deliberations. What do we do? And this 
they call it a phone naming conundrum. And this completely connects to what I argued about last week, right? You have three phones that look the same. They all have face ID, but one of them is not the same as the other two. They're three different sizes. It's, there's no clean way of doing this. They've flirted with the idea of, you know, maybe bringing the plus label back, but the final names could be different. According to 9to5Mac, at least what we know, the X at 10S, Tennis, will be the names for the two OLED phones. But that's what happens when you have a crazy kind of confusing phone lineup. It, it becomes a little different. So that's pretty much what we know about the iPhones. I think the cool thing I, I kind of hinted at the A12 chip, Cult of Mac did a really nice breakdown talking about what we could see improvement-wise in the A12 chip. And the biggest thing about this is that TMC, the company that makes these chips, their breakthrough is that this is going to use a seven nanometer process that's down from 10 nanometers. And why does this matter? Well, basically, there's a measurement and distance between the components of the processor. And so when you pack them more tightly, it gives you better performance because you're wasting less heat along the way with that distance, and you're also saving power. So as a result of this, just that tweak and that change alone, they believe at the very minimum, the A12 should perform 20% faster while using 40% less power. I love the 40% less power part of it. That's that sounds real juicy, especially for battery savings. But yeah, we know our phones do more and more. If if Apple does go with something more like an always-on screen, I'm sure they'll use some of those resources for it. I I'm personally would be shocked if Apple didn't go for an always-on screen to some degree, whatever that is, right? That, that's got to be a thing that Apple has to do. We'll see. So 20% faster, 40% less power, but based on improvements from previous you know, jumps from an iPhone processor generation to another, there have been jumps where the A9 was 70 to 8% better than the A8. The A11 was 70% better than the A10. So this historically could mean that we could see the A12 even make another big fat jump. It's not guaranteed. We don't know the official numbers, but what if the A12 gives you 50, 60, 70% higher performance and a 40% energy savings or decrease under the hood stuff that matters. That's nice. But I don't, I don't think everyone who has a 10 is going to upgrade to the iPhone 10 S just because of that. But I think a lot of people that are ready to upgrade, they're super excited about this. But if you've already had one, you're probably like, mm, all right, you know, mm, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm. In follow-ups to more iPhone stories, Ming-Chi Kuo put out a report talking about what some of those rumors that we've been heard and have been floating around, what's really happening. He, We heard about the whole Apple Pencil thing. I heard back from some of y'all. Some of y'all like at least like the option. But according to him, there will be no Apple Pencil support for the 2018 phones because the feature just isn't ready enough. It's just not polished enough. It's not a good user experience. So, okay. Apple Pencil support for the iPhones potentially coming in 2019. We'll see how that plays out. But if it's an option, cool, fine, have at it. It doesn't really affect me personally, just the way I use a phone. Also, he believes that the upcoming 6.1-inch LCD-based iPhone will be delayed slightly and come out later due to its production schedule. So there you go. But we know now, right, what we know that is pretty much locked in and all that's really important 
September the 12th is the official announcement date. That is a Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. The iPhone OLED designs, according to and actual leaking of official photos, claim it is the iPhone 10s. But September 12th, we'll find it all. Predictions are that the pre-orders will be on the 14th, and if everything lines up, the phones will actually be available on the 21st for sale, which would be a really quick turnaround time this year. So we will see. All right, let's take a quick little breather and thank the sponsors of this show is you. Thank you so much for everyone who is supporting this. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You can start at a $1 level. $5 level is a cup of coffee per month. You can go higher to 10, 25, 100. We have different cool reward levels at each level. And again, thank you so much. Continue to grind and continue to hustle. And you are all making this happen. So thank you so much. So you can check it out at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And again, ads will be coming in the near-ish future. If you're a Patreon supporter, there's a direct link there, so you will never hear um, ads in the show. But if you're like our regular listeners, we're somewhere like now around like 500. We're easily over 500 plus five-star reviews on iTunes, so keep on doing that for us. Um, it just helps push everything forward. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Let's jump back in the show. The other exclusive drop from 9 to 5 Mac I was going to put in the first half of the show, but I figured let's just take a breather. The Apple Watch Series 4 has been revealed again 9 to 5 mac showing an image of the uh a reported new apple watch 4 they say it's not a mock-up they say again they have this image but what's cool about it right i am one of the most juiced people about the apple watch series 4 i'm not even gonna lie i am pumped for this product but what they show is one of the new watch faces that is super densely packed with a lot more information this is like if you talk about complications this is like complications on complications on complications but what i did find interesting about this is it's a dial and in the think of it okay first of all think of it as a circular face and inside that face there's three little circles there's the fitness there's the music and then there's the globe but then on the outside think of like those four corners it's a lot more information that's packed than before i know they've had a four corner watch before but one of the things shows um daylight when daylight time is the other shows looks like a timer uh, thermostat or temperature f- reading but the other one is a uvi that's ultraviolet index right i'm not sure if that's pulling from an online resource or if there's an actual uv sensor on the face of the apple watch but that could be a new feature also the crown the digital crown which was normally that kind of big fat red dot it didn't bother me but yeah i thought it was a little too much they've now changed that Instead of it being a big fat red dot, it's just like a a red ring around the edge, real small around the edge of the digital crown. And then that button or that digital crown is matches the metal, same as the metal flush with the actual Apple Watch. And now there's a new hole between the digital crown and the actual home button on the Apple Watch. So it's probably another microphone or a new placement for a microphone. Either way, this is absolutely a new Apple Watch and We will find out more about it at the keynote. We don't know if for sure they're going to release the Air Power mat. I would think they would. And if for sure we're going to see AirPod 2, some people are saying they're going to push that to next year still. But even though a lot of things have been spoiled, I think an Apple keynote, any tech keynote, whether it's Samsung or Google, yeah, Microsoft's too, I guess. They're they're not always as exciting, but sometimes actually can be. But I'm always juiced up when there's a tech keynote. It's just fun. 
Don't you want to see new toys? We all want to see those new toys. All right, so keynote September 12th. Let's keep on rolling through here. Some really cool stories, really good stories. Thank you, Apple, on this one. Apple says, according to multiple outlets and officially from them, they have released a new, a second Mac OS High Sierra 10.13.6 supplemental update. It's update number two. And why is this? Remember when I talked about all those sound crackling and audio popping issues that happen on two MacBook Pros that I ordered basically because I needed one for work? I already returned one of them, so I only have one. I wasn't going to sit with two of those on a credit card. But according to them, this has fixed the audio crackling issues and kernel panics. And it notes improved stability and reliability overall. Those audio issues were horrendous for me. It interrupted my editing flow. I invested a lot of money in this, so I'm just going to play it out and let's see if this fixes it. They said it only affected a, a small number of users, so maybe it's one of those quiet updates that happens and you'll never have to hear anything else bad in regards to those crazy crackling issues. I wasn't happy about it, but this makes me happy to see that they jumped on it so quick. So we'll see how that plays out long term. And whoever said that Apple doesn't care about you, like, your old products, right? We always joke about, oh, the iPhone, after two years, they make sure you get a new one. The software's dated, it's slower, blah, blah, blah. They're doing this on purpose. Well, check this out. Apple released a firmware update recently, just a few days ago, for the Airport Express, giving it AirPlay 2 support. And why is that freaking awesome, all right? If you have any Airport Express devices run the firmware update because what this will allow you to do is the Airport Express models that have uh, audio output on it, if you plug in a speaker into that, now moving forward, it'll show up like an AirPlay device that you can play audio to. So you have one laying around, you can put one in your bedroom, you can put it in another room, you have multiple AirPlay speakers that you can play to that support AirPlay 2. This came out of nowhere to me. I, I saw, I know that people in the beta were like, wait, hold on. Some of our devices are showing up here on AirPlay 2. Is this a new feature? Well, it officially is now. It's officially part of the new firmware update for Airport Express. So come on now. There is nothing good to say. That is a good Apple. That's a great Apple. Y'all should be happy about that one. I'm super fired up about that. In kind of some other, just a couple articles before we get to the voicemails, some future news, Apple recently visited with Taiwanese makers of the thinner and brighter brighter micro LED displays. This happened at Touch Taiwan Displays Convention in Taipei this week. Apple representatives held private meetings with display makers like AU Optronics and Epistar, according to the Economic Daily News. What it looks like is There is kind of a transitional technology that's called mini LED that is in place before people will make the big jump to micro LED, right? Micro LEDs have a lot of advantages that OLED displays have, better color accuracy, improved contrast ratio, faster response times. Here, they're even thinner and brighter and more efficient than standard OLED panels. So it's kind of like the next generation of display. There were rumors that Apple would start putting them in the Apple Watch first, but there's been no reports that this new one is actually using a micro LED display yet. There are also stories how Apple had acquired uh, a different micro LED display maker, Luxview, back in 2014. There were reports that they were 
operating their own kind of secret laboratories to work on micro LED, maybe to customize it or tweak it to their liking or seeing how it could work with their technology and with their devices. So Apple's been interested in this for a long time, maybe developing their own kind of proprietary-ish spin on a micro LED solution or just checking it out for themselves. But either way, it looks like Apple is making the jump specifically to micro LED according to reports, not doing this kind of transitional mini LED and ultimately will lead to better displays with longer battery life on our future Apple devices. So that's a win-win. That's a win-win. In other kind of future-ish news, according to Reuters, their report says Apple has purchased Aconia Holographics. Why are they important? This is a company that makes lenses for augmented reality glasses. The acquisition obviously dovetails with what we've heard of Apple working on some sort of AR headset or a potential step, you know, looking looking down the road to a potential pair of Apple glasses or some kind of augmented reality glasses beyond a headset in the future. Aconia Holographics is a startup. They are the world's, at least they advertise themselves as the world's first commercially available volume holographic reflective and waveguide optics for transparent display elements and smart glasses. We've also heard that Apple could be using this for maybe their future car project, heads-up display, but ultimately Apple is getting in this game. They need to get in this game. They should. They have AR kits, so they really have a lot of data and information on how people are at least using augmented reality experiences on the iPhone and then how they can at least leverage some of that information and then start working on this glass AR VR headset project. So it is their second recent AR VR acquisition. Uh, Back in November of 2017, according to this report, Apple purchased VRvana, a company that developed a mixed reality headset called Totem. So it's happening, y'all. Apple AR. Apple R, Apple reality, we're already living in it, man. It's kind of a little crazy, but that's kind of what's shaking and baking right now. Okay, I say let's go hit up our phone calls. Remember, the number is 833-888-ABXL, 833-888-2295. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of questions, a lot of things to talk about with Apple's upcoming keynote, but let's start off with our friend Simeon. Hey, Brian, I know this is redundant. Um, I'm Simeon from Tennessee, and I just wanted to disagree with your thought of the functionality of the, um, the touchpad on the um, new MacBook Pros. Um, I've just talked to multiple uh, digital artists, multiple photographers, and multiple videographers, and I ask each one of them the same question. I say, do you like the touch bar, and what do you use it for, and why do you like it? And they all talk about that they like the customizable options and how it gives them freedom and flexibility within the app they use it. And I just think your opinion of saying that uh, touching an actual button just seems really kind of like a very old kind of grandpa way to think of technology. So that's my take on it. Thanks. Ooh. Ooh, grandpa, really? You're using that word as an insult? Because that doesn't insult me. You know, you sound like you sound like a young kid who hasn't lived life and thinks the word grandpa is a bad thing. I can tell you right now for our older listeners or people who have lived life that being a grandpa is a great thing. But then I also got a question, bro. If you're going to come at us like that, I want to hear from you. I Guess what? I have edit video. I use Photoshop. 
I still don't like the touch bar. I don't, I never say what I like is right or not. It's just, you know, I get a, I'm blessed to be able to talk about my experiences and preferences for this stuff. But when you say multiple, who are they? What are their names? Was it two people? Was it five people? Was it 10? Because I can tell you that majority of people aren't too hot on the touch bar, but I do appreciate the call. I just think that, you you know, using the word grandpa in a negative light is just ignorant, right? The metric system is the tool of the devil. My car gets 40 rods to the hog's head, and that's the way I like it. Okay, youngin, settle down. Settle down. I'm just messing with you. All right, next up, we've got some love here. Someone's excited about what's coming. Hey, what's up, Rick? And I'm from Chelsea, Michigan. First of all, I love your podcast, and I am a proud Patreon supporter. Now, in your last podcast, you were talking more as excited about the new iPhone, and I totally agree. Um, Personally, I am way more excited about iOS 12 and OS Mojave. Uh, I think people are, they just begin to tire of like the little tweaks and changes uh, to the iPhone. Um, personally, I'm way more excited about the new iPad Pro. Um, I teach second grade, and uh, some of the updates that Apple's making to the iPad line with support for a cheaper Apple Pencil clone um, and Apple Classroom software, just to name a few, um, I just love that. And the, the ecosystem is what most people love about Apple. So in my opinion... Apple needs to keep the pedal to the metal and keep improving software and their proprietary apps. All right. Keep doing what you're doing. Peace. Yeah, I, I'm on board with what you're what you're thinking about in uh, the iPad Pro. You know how y'all know how I feel about that. I love that thing. I again, just because they redesigned the hardware doesn't always mean that it's a it's oh, it's something to get excited about. But the iPad Pro, this new design, it's something to get excited about. But uh you know, I'm I'm really curious to see how much they've improved Face ID this time around. They didn't hint at it at the WWDC uh, 2018 conference. And, you know, we're, what, now year two? It needs to be faster. It needs to be better. I hope we see something from them at the keynote, all right? Next up, Roy, my man Roy. Hello, this is Roy Broiling from Prescott Valley, Arizona. I have called in now a couple of times, and each time I have not been on your show, so I'm a bit disappointed. I just thought I'd let you know. Goodbye. Roy, come on, man. Roy, you got on the show. And it's not because your calls aren't good. Sometimes people's calls are better. I'm sorry. I just got to keep it real with you. We got a show to do. Just got to keep it real with you. Nothing but love for you, Roy, though. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much. All right, here we go. Let's get some Matthew up in here. Hey, Brian. This is Matthew from the Portland, Oregon area. Great to have you back in the tech news world. Uh, my question is about ecosystems. Um, I love uh, being in the Apple ecosystem. Um, and I feel like until now, Apple really has had the market on tech ecosystems in terms of creating one without having to combine devices across companies. Um, they just all work so seamlessly, i found. And uh, lots of options, like for, you know, example, MacBook Pros, MacBook Airs, et cetera. Uh, but I'm wondering if, um, if Google is going to be able to be a real ecosystem competitor with the upcoming Pixel Watch. They're, they're talking about running Windows 10 on their Pixel Books. Potentially, they have the, you know, Chromecast Ultra option now with 4K. So 
I mean, even if Google does become an alternative, I'm still sticking with the Apple ecosystem myself. But just wondering what your thoughts are on on the possibility of a Google ecosystem uh, becoming a viable alternative to Apple's. And if Google can pull off all those things that they're talking about, if they're actually, if they might have a leg up on Apple's ecosystem in any way. All right. Thanks for your thoughts. Bye. Thank you so much for calling. I think that, look, Apple has very specific types of ecosystem hooks that keep people locked in for like really keep them locked in. Now Google is has has always had their own ecosystem, but I think their hooks are a little different. For example, the whole productivity side of using Google Docs and Google Sheets and Gmail. That's to me where they really excel. Even uh an ecosystem hook for Google would just be Google Photos. You have a device and you basically have unlimited photo storage, that's a huge hook as well. And it's part of their ecosystem. For example, you would think our phones are cameras and everyone loves using them. Do you see people leaving Apple to go over to Google, even though it has the best physical phone, right? Uh, camera lens right now, and unlimited photo storage? No, it's still not happening, right? I think overall, clearly... Apple has been doing it for a whole lot longer, specifically controlling the software and the hardware. So that ecosystem is the strongest. Android by nature at least allows you to bounce around to different quote-unquote ecosystems within the Android world. That will always be that way. I think Google is slowly but surely getting there. I don't see them having a strong enough ecosystem pool to be able to pull people quote-unquote away from Apple, but They do have a good ecosystem. I think what it comes down to is you start seeing these hooks that really get you, like AirDrop. AirDrop, dang, that's a big hook for me. It just is. FaceTime, yeah, it's just a a video chat, but it's a hook for me. The fact that they're doing a FaceTime group finally, where they've been way behind, and I've just been waiting for it, it's still another hook for me. So, Google is more than Google good enough, Google enough. Samsung has their own ecosystem that's more than capable enough. But we also, on the flip side, don't see hundreds of thousands of people flocking over from Android over to Apple either because they clearly have good enough ecosystems themselves and people that haven't lived with AirDrop and all that other stuff don't care. And quite honestly, you know, the Pixel is Google's kind of like version of their iPhone, right? Software and hardware. Unlimited photo storage and the best camera on a phone still can't really drastically move the needle. And I think that phone is an amazing phone. So ecosystem matters and it matters what you started with. And once you use it, you're gonna stick with it. If I had to pick outside of Apple, where would I go? And I talked about this last week it would still be the pure Google Android experience. That's just where I'm at. So, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Remember, it's the Apple Bits XL. You can be a part of this show by calling in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. We've got about a week and a half to go before the Apple keynote, which is gonna be huge. So, hey, I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready. Like, my heart is ready. My wallet's not but I'm excited. And yes, there will be a BTZ live event. I will have details next week for you. It's going to be huge. You're going to dig it. All right. 
Thanks so much for hanging with us. We'll talk to you all next week. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.